Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids like yours, and all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. This is Beth Center on VSIN, the sports betting network. Welcome in to the V-CIN Bet Center, hour number two. I am Brady Cannon, live at the Circa Resort and Casino in downtown Las Vegas. My partner Holden Kushner is along via Denver, Colorado, and we're keeping track here of North Carolina and St. Peter's. I know you have a team total bet on the Tar Heels, Holden, and in the last segment we were talking about how North Carolina had gotten a little lethargic there for about a five-minute span. Well, they picked it up again, now at 63-38, to 38, taking care of the St. Peter's Peacocks. It's really never been a threat. They played a great first half. They came out of the intermission and put it on them again early in the second half, and then, like I say, they went into that foot off the gas uh, about five-minute span there where they were missing free throws, started to turn the ball over, get a little sloppy. Well, They've changed it a little bit here, starting to come back into form. Four and a half minutes now left in this contest, 63 to 38, and they are back to 25 and a half point favorites in the live market. You've got over 72 and a half or 73 for a team total. Is that yeah, right? 70, over 73 and a half. I don't think that hits. Thank goodness that was a, a half unit and the side was a full, but yeah, I, I just don't see it happening. They slowed the game so much, and I don't blame them. Like, if I, if you don't have a bet down, you're like, oh, come on, Hubert, get this team going. I don't blame them for slowing it down. I mean, they were up by so many points. So that's just the way the game has gone so far, unless they hit, what, a whole bunch of threes down the sea. You got a foul there. This is not going over on the North Carolina side, but they're definitely covering that eight, huh? 25-point lead, and this has just been an absolute clinic put on by North Carolina for most of the game. Like you said, they came out the second half, about first five minutes, looking okay, and then it just was a slog fest. They looked, they didn't even look energetic, kind of like, oh, going through the motions. Now they realize, hey, let's finish strong because our next game is going to be in New Orleans. Well, you got two more points right there. 65 now for the Tar Heels, and you need another nine points for you to get over nine. that total there. Uh, in the NBA, Boston Celtics really taking it to the T-Wolves, 65-47 to 47 with about a minute and a half left before halftime. And the Phoenix Suns climbing back into this one against the 76ers. It was a 12-point game at last look, now just a two-point game. Philadelphia 
Philadelphia on top of Phoenix, 54-52 to with four and a half minutes left in the second quarter. The Phoenix Suns back into the role of the favorite in the live market, laying two and a half, your total at 240 and a half. And the Washington Wizards really taking it to the Warriors, 59-43. to The Wizards out in front with a minute and a half to go before halftime there in Washington. The Wizards are seven and a half point favorites in the live market. Golden State closed as seven point road favorites. They're now catching seven and a half in the live market. Your total at 215 and a half. Holden, earlier today, the uh, two week, the fortnight before the Masters was the WGC match play event, uh, the world championship, first world golf championship of the season. And that is the top 64 players in the world, basically. And it's the season for bracketology, right? So you had, you know, the final four and the Sweet 16 and all that. And it came down to the championship match today between Scotty Scheffler and Kevin Kistner. And Kistner, a former winner of this event in 2019, Scott. Scheffler made a great run last year. Of course, he went to the University of Texas right there in Austin. He wins this, his third tournament victory in the last seven weeks. He becomes the number one ranked player in the world. Just an incredible rise there in a short period of time for the 25-year-old. In the consolation match, Corey Connors beat Dustin Johnson. Connors will finish third, and Dustin Johnson finishes fourth at the WGC match play. And we are just 11 days away before they tee it up at Augusta National Golf Club April 7th for the first major championship of the season, the Masters. I, I know, Holden, as far as golf, you are basically a casual fan. What if, What mm-hmm. are some of your initial thoughts on this year's Masters? Do you have any bets in pocket? Are you fired up? Do you think you'll make any plays on an outright winner or what oh, have you? Of course. There hey, you go. Listen, I defer to you when it comes to golf, but I will say this, and I've said this a million times recently. Over the last two years, I've bet so much more golf. Now that it's legal, you know, it's legal here in Colorado. I have a lot more options to me. I have bet so much more golf. There is nothing like a sweat on days three and four. Like when you're betting golf, and maybe we could talk about this for a second. When you're betting golf, I don't even bother looking at it the first two days. I don't start paying attention and starting to think about hedge options till days three and four. It's an absolutely beautiful sweat. It's a great game to bet on and you're getting these odds. Like what are you putting in? Maybe five, six bets on these futures. And if one of them hits, I mean, it's a great week. And really, if you can hit on five or six of those, you know, during a summer, you're feeling pretty good about yourself. You're getting, you've got some money in the bank. So the things I remember about betting the masters, uh, this is a tournament and tell me if I'm wrong here. This is a tournament where a, the best golfers are the, usually the ones that are coming up. And B, last year we had a soft, it, it was very soft. The the greens were very soft. And this year it should play a little bit differently. So talk to me about that, really. Um, just going back to last year, what we can extrapolate and put into this year. And then again, it's it's one of the, I don't want to call it a weak field, but let's face it. You know, you've got the best players in the world up there. And those are usually the ones that win the Masters. Why? Well, no, you're right. I I would say of all the major championships, it is the weakest field because you have, you know, a a large portion of the field is past winners. You know, Jose Maria Olathebel and, you know, Sandy Lyle, these guys aren't going to win the Masters. Uh, It has been since 1979 that a debutante or a player that is playing the Masters for the very first time has gone on to win it. So, you know, basically a guy that's there for the first time is probably not going to win it either. So, yeah, you would, you know, you've got maybe 95, maybe 100 players in the field at the most and 
maybe only 30 or 40 of them have a really legitimate shot to win this thing. And, and you see so much course history repeat itself at Augusta national year after year. It probably has the strongest, uh, you know, phenomenon or system, if you will, of that occurring of any golf tournament, uh, throughout the entire calendar year, the same players that do well at Augusta year in and year out seem to turn up every single season. So there's a, a great strength for course history here uh, and, and current form. I mean, nobody's really hotter in the world right now than Scotty Scheffler. And as I mentioned a little earlier in his first two masters appearances, he's finished inside the top 20. So he's gotten off to a great start in his career at Augusta national, but you're right. It's usually a pretty chalky tournament. Again, guys that, that do well here continue to do well year after year. You also have some crazy pricing. You know, you, you look at John Rahm. He's the favorite at 9-1. to one. Now, that's not so crazy. We see John Rahm in that neighborhood every week. But you've got Jordan Spieth at 12-1. to one. If this was a normal tour event, Jordan Spieth would probably be 35 or 40-1. to one. But again, that field is so condensed. Jordan Spieth has an incredible record at the Masters. He deserves really to be one of the favorites. But it's not a guy I want to bet at such a short price. Holden, I'll tell you about some of the guys I have bet. I did bet Cameron Smith, and I got him at 40 to 1. He's the Australian kid who won the Tournament of Champions yep. at Kapalua uh, to begin the year, and then he just won uh, a couple of weeks ago, won the Players' Championship as well. So his, uh, his odds have been cut quite a bit. He's down now in the neighborhood of 18 or 19 to 1. I got him way back in January at 40 to 1. I did play Jason Day at 125 to 1, but it doesn't look Ooh. like he's going to get into the field. That was a little bit of a gamble I took. Uh, he's going to have to win next week the Bolero Texas Open for him to get into the field in the Masters. I took Mark Leishman, another Australian. That's three Australians to top my card right there. Mark, uh, Mark Leishman at 125 to 1. He's got a great track record in the past at Augusta National. Um, I just made a play earlier this week on Shane Lowry. The Irishman has been playing great golf as of late. I got him at 100 to 1. And then I just made a couple of plays last night. I saw what DJ was doing at the match play, and I, he's been on my radar for a good six weeks or so. But he's really starting to round into form. Maybe the best golf he's played in almost a year. This guy hasn't won in over a year. That's the first time in his career that that has happened. And now he's also dropped out of the top 10 in the world rankings. And I don't think that sits well with DJ who you talked about that masters being soft. That was in the fall. You know, when you, of course you have more rain and the colder weather, that's when DJ won the masters and set a record with a winning score of 20 under par. I think this is a perfect uh, venue for him to kind of get back in the thick of things, get back in the inside the top 10 in the world rankings. His game is really coming into form. I went ahead and I was waiting for a 20 to one, but I knew if he was going to win this match play, I was never going to find that. So I took DJ at 18 to one to win the masters. And I also took Brooks Kepka at 20 to one. I, I think both of those guys and, and Brooks is starting to play pretty well too. actually lost in the match play in a, uh, a quarterfinal match to Dustin Johnson. So I, I think both of those guys are in pretty good form right now. Obviously they have great history at this track in the past. So that is currently my card to slip on the green jacket uh, a couple weeks from now. So how many futures do you place on a weekly basis? I'm interested in your your theory here. Probably about six. You know, yeah, that's right. Sometimes 
Hey guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. We got a great episode coming up. Picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all. But here's a preview of this week's episode. Nothing to do with anyone personally, but Creighton is the team every year that the nerds, you know, the basketball nerds, are like, you know, who's ready to get Creighton? You don't watch Creighton. And I'm like, I don't want to watch Creighton because I agree with Shane and the dude today. Creighton's never going to win anything. Stop talking to me about Creighton. They're not never the, not gonna, the not the Big East tournament. They're, well, I mean, they could maybe they win the Big East tournament, but it'll only be luck. But like, they're always like, you know, a sleeper team. That, like that guy who I told you had eight title teams. One of his title teams was Creighton. Is not winning the national championship. It's yeah, I don't not, have him doing that. That like that's why do we all have to act like Creighton is a, is a is a good team. Creighton's like the band they all say you should know if you really knew bands. <laughs> and then they're never at any of those. Yeah, exactly. And it comes time for the Grammys and they lose out to, like, you know, Lil Dirk. And you're like, see, I knew Lil Dirk was better. Why are you, t- why are you telling me? the whole time. <laughs> and this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zigazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Zigazoo is moderated by real live people who review content before it's posted on the feed. I especially love the dance challenges. So much fun. Oh, and there's no comments or messaging, so you don't get any of that negativity that's all over other social networks. All my friends love it. I love that it's kids-safe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Uh, that's great, but I wouldn't be doing Zigazoo if it wasn't fun. She would not be doing it if I didn't think her data was safe. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids! <laughs> Download the Zigazoo app today. Sometimes five, sometimes seven. Usually I don't go to eight, and I have before, but, you know, then it, then you just kind of start to spread it out too thin. And it depends on what numbers you're playing, too. If you're playing every guy at 15 to one, then it's not really, uh, you know, economical. But it, but if you're playing eight different guys at 100 to one, that that's different, too. But, uh you know, obviously, I have some long shots here, but you, as you and I talked about, the Masters is typically a pretty chalky tournament, so I wanted to have a couple of the favorites on my card as well. Yeah, I don't blame you for that. I'm excited for it, uh, and again, I'll be placing some futures in there, and my thing, you know, we got the final four coming up, too, and then after that, we can sit down and really, really uh, focus in and see who we got. But the Masters, one of the great American tournaments. I'm excited for it. You just got me pumped up, and thank you for the information. I may be tailing a pick of yours. Yeah, the greatest two-week run of Jim Nance's career, right? He yeah. goes right from the Final Four to Augusta National. We will do the same here on VSIN. I'll be on April 5th version of Long Shots. Our special guest, Scott Van Pelt of ESPN, will help us break down the Masters as we roll into Masters Week coming up here pretty quick in a couple of weeks from now. We'll be back with more on the VEASAN Bet Center in just a moment. Stick around. This is Bet Center on VEASAN, the sports betting network. 
Wendy's Breakfast is the official breakfast of March Madness. Every day, choose from Wendy's stacked starting lineup like the breakfast baconator, croissant combos, and hot or cold coffee. And like any great team, Wendy's is bringing the breakfast legends. Oven-baked sizzling bacon, fresh cracked eggs, perfectly seasoned breakfast potatoes, and a Simply OJ to bring it all home. Make a fast break to your nearest Wendy's drive-thru and pick up your Wendy's breakfast. The official breakfast of March Madness. Choose wisely. Choose Wendy's. Brady Cannon and Holden Kushner with you here inside the VEASAN Bet Center. And Holden, the final four is set. The North Carolina Tar Heels, no surprise. They got out early and often on the St. Peter's Peacocks, and they held on for a 20-point win. The favorite and the under cash here, 69-49, to your final. North Carolina over St. Peter's. And, of course, what's coming up next week in New Orleans? We will have the amazing matchup of North Carolina versus Duke. On the other side of the bracket, we will have Kansas and Villanova. It is a star-studded Final Four in New Orleans coming up next weekend. So a lot going on here. The first thing that I went through my mind, and I told you this earlier, I think this is going to be the most hyped college basketball game ever because it's not only in the final four. This is the first time, and in, in, in our producer, Elliot, told me this during the break. First time they've ever faced in a tournament? Are you kidding me? And Now, that I didn't realize. Final four, I didn't think they'd ever done it. But final four? UNC and Duke? Coach K going gone? The best rivalry, and I'm just going to say this right now, it is the best rivalry in American sports. And I don't think it's close. When you have something on a college level as opposed to a pro level where you've just got these fan bases, like imagine this. If you've ever been around a SEC football fan, well, this is the SEC football of college uh, of college sports, uh, basketball, Duke and North Carolina. So the hype is going to be absolutely insane. I really hope it lives up to the hype too, and I think that it will. Now, as far as the total, we're looking there around 150. I thought it'd be up, what I tell you, 148 and a half, 149 and a half. Well, we got to 150. We see a 150. We see a 150 and a half. So these lines are coming out. The interesting thing that I see about this, Brady, and I'll get your thoughts on this. Both games are minus four and a half. Both games are minus four and a half. I don't see any reason. Now, a lot of you are pregame betters. I've had conversations with Greg Peterson about this too, because he's a pregame better, tried the live thing, didn't work as well. I mean, I just, I can't bet an under in this, this UNC Duke game, even if they come out cold. I mean, maybe that's the best time to get in there. I, the offenses on these two teams are just so good defensively. Neither team's terrific. I know North Carolina did a great job today, but that's St. Peter's we're talking about and congrats to St. Peter's. I do want to give him a hand. Absolutely, wonderful, man. I, I'm right there with season. you. That, that I mean, you oh. know, it, it's, it's different for these teams like Villanova and Kansas mm -hmm. and Duke and really anything short of a final four is, is not satisfactory. On the other hand, St. Peter's going this far, that is absolutely remarkable, oh, and congratulations yeah. to that program. I mean, that's that's the biggest story, I would imagine, in the school's history. Oh, yeah. it's It was so much fun. I was talking to a buddy of mine the other day. He went to Providence. I'm a Kansas grad. You know, we were having, we were having a good time. Providence ends up losing, and I said, hey, buddy, Chris, Chris. You know that unless Kansas wins the championship, this season is going to be much more satisfying to you, even though you got knocked out before you made a deep run this year. And what was that in the Sweet 16? So for St. Peter's, I mean, this is in all likelihood the only time this is going to happen. Maybe it happens. Maybe Holloway stays. I doubt it. But enjoy this because 
the joy that they brought to so many people, not just St. Peter's fans. I mean, this is like what New York's team. I know they're in Jersey city, but all my guys back in the East coast, too, oh, it's, it's, you didn't even know where they were before they started playing. <laughs> this is one, <laughs> this is one of the great runs. Seriously. One of the great runs in the history of NCAA basketball. I was in Washington DC when George Mason made their run to the final four. That was completely bananas. I would say that this was a bigger upset story, even though St. Peter's didn't get to the final four, a 15 seed. Nobody had any, any reservations about just throwing them out of their bracket. Congrats guys. What a great run. You'll never forget it. No. And uh, you're right about Providence too. I really enjoyed them for the first couple mm-hmm. rounds of this tournament and they put up a nice fight against Kansas. We thought they would, uh, but yeah, absolutely. You're right. Uh, your buddy there, Chris, he should be proud of the Friars. They put up <laughs> Thanks, a, uh, they, they put, they made a nice run and I found it very entertaining, you know, and, and we talked about this last weekend too, you know, they were getting disrespected in the betting market and the, and the media spin that this team was lucky. I mean, Ken Palm had him as one of the most luckiest teams, uh, most fortunate teams in the country this year. And uh, they proved a lot of people wrong with a couple of nice wins getting to the sweet 16. Uh, as far as the uh, final four matchups, Kansas opened up as three and a half point favorites over Villanova. And it's pretty much four across the board. There are still a couple three and a halves here in Las Vegas. Your total is a consensus 133. Now, North Carolina and Duke, you nailed it. 149 and a half was your opener for the total. But now I'm seeing 151. Uh, The side was Duke minus four, and now just about everybody has four and a half. Doesn't look like every shop quite has it up just yet, but you and I were talking about this. DraftKings was really the first to post this number, and they did it not long after halftime when this game was pretty much out of control, and it looked like it was going to go North Carolina's way. They opened it up Duke minus four and a total of 150 and a half. And we had talked about those prior matchups this season in ACC competition between Duke and North Carolina, both of them, both games soaring over the total. And I think that has influenced this number. And I think it's going to continue to influence betters what they saw last between these two teams. I think I might just sit here and wait and possibly try and find a good number on an under. You just have to decide what is that What's that number going to peak at? Is it going to be 152, 153? How high are we going to get? And and I think you're going to get higher, Holden. I mean, you expressed your, I mean, there, that there's no way you could bet the under on this game. And I, I think a lot of people probably feel that way because of what they've seen, not only out of these two teams recently, how well they play offense. Defense is certainly not their strength, but what they have done in head-to-head matchups prior this season. Well, there's been a lot of unders. I love unders. I do. I love betting unders. Okay. This is one game. I can't do it and shop around because look, bet rivers. Here's what I got. Bet rivers, Kansas minus four and a half. And then I got Duke minus four and a half. I got one thirty-two and a half in the Kansas game. I got one fifty in the Duke UNC game. There's going to be a whole bunch of little tweaks here. And as far as you talking about the over in this game, I can't imagine anyone's going to going to going to buy this down. There's no way this goes and sits at 149 and a half in any book. They're all going to be at 150. I would be shocked. Seriously, there would be have, be have to so much money from maybe a syndicate or something to knock this thing down one under 150. No one likes betting unders. Most people don't bet unders. I can't stand it, but I do it because I like to make money or at least try to make money, Brady. So this thing's going up, up, up. I, if you do want the over and you don't want to bet it live, Go ahead. I would say right now to get in on it, 149 and a half, because that's about as low as you're going to see it.
I, I agree with you. And, you know, there's kind of a, a phenomenon with both the Final Four, the entire really March Madness tournament, the NCAA tournament, uh, is similar to the Super Bowl where you get such a volume of recreational money that the public can actually move a line. And, and so I think, you know, even if the wise guys do come in and hammer this under, you might see it tick down a little bit, but it's probably going to go back up because generally the recreational better wants to see points. They, they're betting on hum, human achievement and what they've seen last out of these two teams certainly is the ability to score the ball. And boy, the Duke Blue Devils, Holden, they really seem to be putting it all together at the right time. They might be the hottest team in the country. Now, that second half by the Kansas Jayhawks against Miami earlier today was incredibly impressive. The second half for Carolina was kind of hot and cold. They had a couple of down moments, but they were never really challenged by St. Peter's. So you can understand them becoming a little bit uh, lackadaisical at times during the second half. Uh, what do you think there? I mean, these are incredible matchups. I'm a little surprised that the, it just feels on the surface with the names of these schools that the spreads would be tighter. Four does seem a little bit big just because who they are. But your initial impression, who do you think we get in the championship game? Well, I'm biased. And as the week goes on, I will be more negative and negative. But <laughs> I think because Villanova's going to be without, you know, if not their best player, maybe their second best player, Justin Moore. I give the edge to Kansas there. Uh, I like the under in that one. North Carolina Duke, I would lean toward the over. My question is at this point, like, how does this not happen for Duke, Brady? How does it yeah. just not happen? It just yeah. see, and it bothers me to say that because there's no analysis in that. That this is more of a feel. Like, all right, Coach K got him going at the right time. They had the right thing happen to him, getting blown out or, or having a horrible loss to UNC, I should say. Now you got four games under your belt. They look great on both sides of the ball. The refs, you, you don't think the refs are going to be like, eh, all right, it's Coach K. The the crowd's going to be on me. They're human. Oof, this thing's looking pretty good for Duke right now. I agree with you. I, I think the number is a little short in, in this case. I, I guessed it would be five and a half or six. Um, and, and it feels like Duke is just going to be able to avenge what happened at Cameron Indoor a month ago or so. It, it just seems set up for, for Coach K and Duke, no doubt about it. I, I hate to tell you, I really like this Villanova team. We'll see if they can overcome right. a loss to Justin Moore. My guess right now would be Nova and Duke in the final. We'll come back and see what Austin Mock of The Athletic thinks as the final four is now set. We'll be back in just a moment on the VEASAN Bet Center. This is Bet Center on VEASAN, the sports betting network. Grab a five-hour energy to stay alert and watch all your favorite games. Or if you stayed up late to see that intense overtime game, take a five-hour energy shot in the morning so you can energize your day. With zero sugar and an unbeatable blend of vitamins, nutrients, and caffeine, it's the perfect pick-me-up for getting stuff done. Go to 5hourenergy.com to find over 15 flavors to choose from. Grape, tropical burst, cherry, blue raspberry, and more. There's a flavor for everyone. Get a five-hour energy today. Checking the NBA scoreboard, the Celtics on top of Minnesota, 78-60. to The Philadelphia 76ers by a bucket over the Suns, 67-65. The Wizards on top of Golden State by 7, 68-61. And the Los Angeles Lakers out early over the New Orleans Pelicans, 29-21. About a minute and a half left there 
in the first quarter. We want to get back to college basketball. The final four is set, and Austin Mock now joins us. He's a college basketball analyst for The Athletic. You can follow him on Twitter at amock419. Austin, thank you so much for joining us. And, boy, I tell you, what a star-studded final four. This is blue blood extraordinaire. I don't think in current college basketball circles you could come up with four more prominent names. It'll be Villanova and Kansas on one side in one semifinal, and then what a matchup with Duke and North Carolina. Boy, I don't think the NCAA could ask for much uh, of a better situation here. Yeah, I mean, this ended up perfect. Uh, before the tournament, I thought this was going to be one of the most wide-open tournaments that I can recall. Um, and it ended up being probably the most blue-bloodest, blue I guess is the term, uh, <laughs> tournament that or Final Four that we've ever seen. So, obviously, I mean, Kansas-Villanova in itself, huge matchup. But, man, I mean, what per more perfect world for, you know, the TV ratings for everybody involved to get Duke-UNC for the first time. Coach K's last season in a final four matchup should be, should be a fantastic weekend next weekend. <clears throat> yep. No question. This will be the most hyped college basketball game ever. Uh, it's going to be a hell of a lot of fun too, but any other year, Kansas Villanova would probably be the main course, right? So let's start yep. with the first game that day and then we can get, dig into the other one, but, but uh, big injury here for Villanova. They've got some issues. They do have the guy that I think is the best coach of basketball. Once coach K steps down, on the other side, Kansas, they can do it running. They can do it with defense. Talk to me here. Uh, Nova's a four, four and a half point dog, um, but they definitely can take the Jayhawks out. How do you see this one playing out from initial thoughts? Yeah, this is the toughest, toughest one, uh, probably of the whole tournament for me, just because of the injury situa situation. Justin Moore, obviously out with the Achilles, um, happened late in the Houston game uh, yesterday. And, you know, he's... Outside of you know Gillespie, he's their second best second best option. Um, he he's he's you know they do spread it out a good bit, but he's he's kind of the second guy there, and they're not a very deep team, so pretty concerning there. You know if you want to say one to two points, uh, you know uh, what the line would have been, and I'll even throw in there, uh, Colin Gillespie. He did not look good against Houston. He didn't. He looked kind of slow. He tweaked his knee in the final minutes of that Michigan game. So Villanova, not a deep team. They're two best offensive weapons are, are banged up or not playing in this game. It, it's this line's a little bit steep for me. And what my motto has, I, I, I made this one uh, closer to one before the uh, injury to more. You want to say more is worth about two points. I lean Villanova here, but I, I got to look, do some digger deep, uh, deeper dive into this because if they can't score, Kansas has everything that to go in their way here. And they can crash the offensive glass where, where Villanova's, you know, a little bit susceptible on the defensive glass. I, I think it adds up here for Kansas already had an easy, you know, Midwest region. Now they get a break with a, with a banged up Villanova team. So slight lean to Villanova, but with the injuries, I, I right now I'm staying away. <clears throat> I, I'm with you, Austin. I lean a little bit to Villanova as well. And I wonder, and you mentioned their depth, and certainly that has really been affected with the loss of Justin Moore. I think it's possible that Jay Wright can find a way to advance to the championship game, but maybe it's that second round, if you will, when that depth really comes back to haunt them. What about the total in this game? Uh, Holden really likes this one to be just a war and stay under the total. It opened at 132. The over's taken a little bit of money here up to 133. Which way would you go if you had to bet that? 
Uh, I, I slightly lean to the over. The, the tough part about these Final Four and championship games is the, is the dome factor. Um, right. We've seen a lot of times with the depth perception, um, the shooting, both of these teams shoot the ball extremely well from the outside. Um, you could say Villanova doesn't make their threes. It's going to be hard for them to win. Uh, but as we saw in the Houston game, if they just force the other team to not make a, a single three or, or two threes, uh, they can win a, a, a game like that. So I lean, I lean over in my numbers, but I'm not, I, I haven't looked into what the adjustment is, if there is any for dome games, but uh, I don't love getting involved in it, but it's one of these things. Neither of these teams get to the free throw line that much. Villanova does not foul either. It could be a game where they're just really playing this slow. I know te- Kansas likes to get out and run, but Villanova's going to want to slow this down. So way different pace here. Going to be a totally different look for what Villanova gives with with the, you know their rotation issues. Like you said, Jay Wright, if anybody can fire up a game plan over the next you know week and, and have his team ready to go, uh, it's him. So probably a stay away too with the injuries, but my numbers do lean to the over um, in this one. <clears throat> Yeah. Okay. So we just ranked the four teams as it stands right now from one through four. Who do you think is the best? Um, I'm going to go with a slight lean Kansas over Duke. And then with Villanova, I, I would have probably had Villanova right about there. Uh, maybe a little bit less than, than Kansas and Duke, but knock them down. And I think they're about equal with uh, North Carolina. So it's more of like a one, a one B and then a, you know, two, two, a two B type of thing, but I think I think it's kind of two tiers in the Final Four right now. <clears throat> Austin, let's talk about that other matchup, uh, the classic, of course, the North Carolina Tar Heels and the Duke Blue Devils, and uh, Holden and I were guessing what the line would be before uh, that second half started to develop there with Carolina taking care of business and not really being tested for the entire 40 minutes by the Peacocks of St. Peter's. Uh, I thought it would be five and a half or six. Uh, Holden thought it might be around two and a half or three, and then it kind of fell right in between here. We're at four or four and a half now with a total, pretty high total here uh, of 151. It opened up at 149 and a half and has been bet up all the way to 151. Uh, what are your thoughts initially on this one? I, you know, I, I think w- with that other uh, with that game we saw about a month ago where Carolina really just made Duke look foolish at Cameron Indoor, it just feels like there's going to be revenge here for Duke. Yeah, it's certainly setting up that way. Um, Duke has kind of been through the the gauntlet. You know, the Michigan State game was was up in the air in the final minutes. Texas Tech was down to the wire. Uh, kind of held Arkansas at arm's length uh, in the Elite Eight, but North Carolina, kind of the same thing. The Baylor game was was tough for him. UCLA was a dog fight. Obviously, got the kind of I don't want to say like sleepwalk through this one, but you know they kind of played with their food a little bit against St. Peter's. But just a fantastic matchup. Both these offenses should have huge advantages in this game. Um, I'm not a huge fan of either defense. Uh, really, the only thing that I'm like like is that they don't foul, and UNC's good at the. Uh, cleaning up the defensive glass, but outside of that, th- this should just be kind of how the the first you know or the last meeting went. You know that game was ninety four eighty one, whatever it ended up. Uh, you you should see a lot of points here again. The dome factor factors in there, but I lean North Carolina. Um, I it subjectively Duke is playing out of their mind. I think Duke has the highest ceiling of the teams remaining. Obviously, when you have you know possibly four first round draft picks uh, on your team, that's going to help, but. North Carolina has been playing, you know, they kind of stumbled early and they, they couldn't really get it together. And, and, and down the last, you know, month and a half, two months, they've been playing really, really good basketball. And I think they match up uh, pretty well with Duke. I think they can, I think they're going to be able to score and, and 
four, four and a half. It's just too many points. I, I'll probably end up on uh, North Carolina here. I just, I just really like their matchup. Brady Manick, I think, is the the key for them. If he's hitting threes, they're they're pretty much impossible to guard. <clears throat> so I'd be remiss if we didn't at least talk St. Peter's real quick. What a run. I mean, a 15 C getting it all the way into the elite eight against North Carolina. What are you going to remember about this Peacocks run? Uh, it's probably going to be my favorite run of a big, uh, you know, high seed. I, I was on them in the three games uh, that they won. I, I market caught up in my, or my model caught up, uh, did not bet them today, thankfully, but they were just fun. I, I don't know. I, I just like, they played like an inspired basketball. They're tough on defense, their offense. They don't really play ISO that much. They kind of try to like get some, get some action going where they're, they're hopefully getting a guy open for a layup. You know, they're super, they're just not talented on the offensive end, but man, they, they played some inspired basketball. That was, that was one of the more fun runs. Um, I know we had a bunch of high seeds, but North Carolina doesn't ever seem like an eight seed, even Miami's not, you know, 10 seed. Those are, those are big schools, right? St. Peter's this, this run was just, it was a lot of fun taking down, you know, Kentucky and Purdue, uh, two of the, you know, prominent names in college basketball. Yeah, Friday night, the win over the Boilermakers of Purdue was certainly one of the most exciting, great games of this tournament so far. Austin, thank you so much for your insights. Enjoy next weekend, and we'll talk to you down the road. Yep, we will do. Thanks for having me, guys. All right, that is Austin Mock, a college basketball analyst for The Athletic, and you can follow him on Twitter at amock419. So Austin leaning a little bit there, holding with North Carolina and Villanova. He's just not really sure about the injury situation for Nova, how that will affect their depth. We'll come back and talk a little NFL on the other side. A lot going on in the National Football League, as there always is. We'll be right back with more of the VEASAN Bet Center. Center on VSN, the Sports Betting Network. Wendy's Breakfast is the official breakfast of March Madness. Every day, choose from Wendy's stacked starting lineup like the breakfast baconator, croissant combos, and hot or cold coffee. And like any great team, Wendy's is bringing the breakfast legends. Oven-baked sizzling bacon, fresh cracked eggs, perfectly seasoned breakfast potatoes, and a Simply OJ to bring it all home. Make a fast break to your nearest Wendy's drive-thru and pick up your Wendy's breakfast, the official breakfast of March Madness. Choose wisely. Choose Wendy's. Brady Cannon and Holden Kushner with you here inside the VEASAN Bet Center checking the NBA scoreboard. Some really good games for your Sunday as we get closer to the very end of the regular season. Just about eight games left for each of these teams. The Boston Celtics taking care of business over Minnesota, 102-76, to just towards the end of the third quarter there in Boston. Phoenix Suns have come from a long way back. They were trailing by as many as 12 points as I saw to the Philadelphia 76ers. They now have a lead with a couple minutes left in the third quarter, 83-81, Phoenix over Philadelphia. And the Golden State Warriors, they've been getting really pummeled the entire game. They've now cut the lead to nine. Washington out in front of Golden State, 82 to 73. They've got about three and a half minutes. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying Cal's a bust. He can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? That my first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. 
ladies and gentlemen, DeMarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> <laughs> bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to be That's my dance, <laughs> Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was edited so well. I think you're so talented. Social media interactions are only positive when you use Zigazoo. Zigazoo is the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. Your kids can upload their content and see what their friends are up to. With Zigazoo, they can create videos, enter to win prizes, and try out the latest dances and trends. There's no commenting, no text messaging, and everything is 100% human moderated. Plus, all community members are real, verified kids just like yours. There are no bots, trolls, or AI. Because Zigazoo is about one thing and one thing only, and that is fun. Try out Zigazoo this spring break and let your kids share your vacation vlogs and best edits with their friends safely. Download the Zigazoo app today. That's Z-I-G-A-Z-O-O. It's left in the third quarter there, and the Los Angeles Lakers trailing, or excuse me, leading the New Orleans Pelicans by three, 36-33. They had a big lead early in this game, but New Orleans has cut the margin now to just three points. Under nine minutes left to go in the second quarter there. And the Brooklyn Nets, Kyrie Irving making his home court debut. They are underway against the Charlotte Hornets. And right now, Charlotte out in front 12-8 to early in that ball game. Dallas leading the Utah Jazz 9-8 to early in that one down in Big D. Holden, I want to talk a little NFL with you. Of course, this is a league that has moving parts going on 365 days a year. And we've seen, of course, some big moves already early in this offseason. And one that we saw come to fruition earlier this week that was really a shock to me, Tyreek Hill leaving the Kansas City Chiefs and going to the Miami Dolphins. Also, Teron Armstead, the offensive tackle of the New Orleans Saints, he also goes to the Miami Dolphins. Now, we know Miami absolutely needed help on that offensive line, one of the worst offensive lines probably in the NFL last season. And who doesn't need a guy like Tyreek Hill? What did you make of these moves, and did they surprise you? Well, I think the first thing, you, if you're a Dolphins fan, you're going to find out if Tua is your quarterback now. To me, Tua is a league average quarterback. Now, does Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddell, don't forget, Jalen Waddell is a stud. We saw him burst onto the scene last year, especially once Devontae Parker went down. But we'll find out if Tua is the real deal because now he has elite weapons around him. The Dolphins are a team, though, that I think struggles to run. We'll see how Peterson attacks that. But there's no doubt the Dolphins are a much better team today than they were this time last week. And I'm with you on Tyreek Hill. I had a feeling they were going to do something with him, but I didn't. First of all, it popped up just out of nowhere, right? We weren't even talking about Tyreek Hill. And then you see this report from Rappaport in the morning. Jets are interested. You know, Dolphins are interested. And the Dolphins end up landing him. I think the other side is the more interesting side to me is the in the AFC West, where you've got the Raiders, Chargers, and Broncos all getting significantly better this offseason. And what are the Chiefs doing? 
So you take away the top weapon for uh, Patrick Mahomes. It's already a team struggling a little bit with their offensive line. They haven't really run the ball very well recently. And we know that their defense is mercurial at best. I'm a little concerned about the Chiefs. I know that there are those that will come out and say, well, you got to beat the champs to be the champs. But to me, the Chargers and the Broncos right there with the Chiefs now, if not a little bit better. Yeah, the Miami Dolphins, they get a new head coach in Mike McDaniel, the former offensive coordinator for the San Francisco 49ers. And we know how dynamic that offense was behind McDaniel and Kyle Shanahan. Now adding Tyreek Hill to the Miami offense, it'll be very interesting to see what McDaniel can do with that. You talk about the Chiefs. They did add, of course, Juju Smith-Schuster and now Marquez Valdez-Scantling of the Green Bay Packers. A little surprising to see the Packers let another wide receiver go. I just don't know. They, they just never seem to help the receiving core there for Aaron Rodgers. We'll see what they do in the draft and if they make any moves here uh, in free agency in the offseason. But you know, you talk about the Chiefs and, and you know, losing Tyreek Hill, of course, and, you know, Juju Smith-Schuster, Valdez-Scantling, can that really replace a player like Tyreek Hill? And, you know, the, the, the Broncos have become very sexy with, with the addition of Russell Wilson. And, of course, the Chargers, you know, they're adding players. Khalil Mack, the Raiders adding Devontae Adams. Everybody in the AFC West has gone bananas this offseason. But maybe the Chiefs now fall a little under the radar because they, for the last three or four seasons, Holden, they have been a, a preseason favorite. And they have had so many expectations. What have they done? They've gone to the Super Bowl three straight seasons in a row. Remarkable accomplishment. Now maybe they're becoming a little bit more of an underdog and falling behind the radar or falling under the radar a little bit. Maybe that's the time to back them. Yeah, I think that's an interesting strategy. I just am not going to do it. I, I'm i telling you right now, the Broncos and the Chargers, when it's all said and done, I think that they're going to be better. They're going to have better records than the Chiefs. Now, do the Chiefs have the best quarterback out there still? Yes. I mean, I, I still will go with Patrick Mahomes. He can do so much. But it's not just the wide receiver core that they're having issues with right now. And Juju Smith-Schuster hasn't been good. It's what, 2018? Has it been that long? Like what was Antonio Brown in Pittsburgh? He's not a number one. And so they either draft somebody, a trade. I don't know what they could do. Cause it's not like they're in the best cap situation. Marquez Valdez-Scantling goes from a great quarterback in Aaron Rodgers to a great quarterback in Patrick Mahomes. And Marcus Valdez-Scantling is a guy that can run a go route. Um, you'd like to see a little bit more dynamic uh, route running out of him. And I'll get back to it. The defense has had some major holes over the last couple of seasons. They figured it out toward the, the middle to the end of last regular season, but it cropped up. The problems cropped up again in the playoffs. Look at what happened. I'm not just saying the Bills game, too, because that I mean that's just the way it's going to go between these two teams. But I'm down on the Chiefs, my friend. You know, unless they come up and figure out a way to run the football and to not have to pass the ball quite as much because the receiving options just aren't there. I mean, it's Kelsey and it's a bunch of above average wide receivers, Brady. Uh, the Broncos balance both sides. And if the Chargers can just figure out how to not have just coaching decisions, burn them time after time after time. And this is not a knock on Staley. I love the way he coaches. I love that he's aggressive. I love the way that he goes by the new book with the numbers. It's just that the process didn't pay off for him last year, but the Chargers are a more complete team too. 
Yeah, no, I think you make a great point about the Chiefs defense. I was really down on the Chiefs last year because I thought they had ascended so high that they were due for a regression. And if you played under their season win total, that ticket was cashed. But uh, still, they, they obviously had a tremendous season once again. Their odds to win the Super Bowl are 9-1, to one, and they remain unchanged after their offseason moves. They are still at 9-1. to one. Also unchanged for the Dolphins, who are at 50-1. to one. Now, the one team who did see some movement in their Super Bowl odds were the Indianapolis Colts. Went from 30-1 to one to 25-1 to one with the signing of Matt Ryan. And Holden, I, I think that's a great move for Matt Ryan and the Indianapolis Colts. We know how good their offensive line is. We know how good their running game is. Uh, they seem to have all the pieces in place, and I think Matt Ryan is a big upgrade from Carson Wentz. I, I'm not there with you. I think Matt Ryan at this point, the noodle is starting to creep into his arm, but here's why it's such a better situation. They have the best running back in football, not named Derrick Henry, right? Mm -hmm. So basically, I, as far as a game manager goes, I think Matt Ryan can be an amazing game manager. Sure. It's not like they have great weapons for him, though. I mean, Pittman did step up last year. Paris Campbell, fine. We'll see what they do at, at tight end. I mean, Mo Alley-Cox. Doesn't really seem like the passing game weapons are where they need to be. But if this team could kind of adopt the philosophy that the Titans have, let's play defense, let's run the football, except not turn the ball over. If Matt Ryan doesn't turn the ball over, yeah, I love this move for the Colts too. Uh, I'm I, I Don't talk to me about Carson Wentz and expect me to say anything good about the man, okay? Uh, <laughs> but the Matt Ryan, the Matt Ryan deal here, again, it, a great game manager, great running game. See what you can get defensively. They're going to be in a lot of games this year. Yeah, no, I, I think uh, you make a good point there about Matt Ryan's weapons, but it seems like uh, for the last couple of seasons anyway with Wentz and Phillip Rivers uh, that their receivers have always been so banged up. I, I mean, uh, I'm trying to think uh, who, who's the T.Y. Hilton. It doesn't seem like that guy's been healthy for two seasons, and he is electric when he's firing on all cylinders, when he's 100% healthy. So, uh, yeah, I think if they can keep the receiving core healthy, uh, then they have potential to do a lot of damage. And you mentioned Jonathan Taylor is a fantastic running back. They, they really have three or four fantastic running backs do the Indianapolis Colts that they can sub in and out of that backfield. So I, would you bet them to win the division, Holden? You're going to take them over the uh, Tennessee Titans in that AFC South? I can't do that, my friend. I cannot take them over the Tennessee Titans in the AFC South, no. But there's definite question marks about the quarterback situation in Tennessee, too, isn't there? Yeah, absolutely. Well, the NFL, it never stops. We'll come back and get into hour number three of the VEASAN Bet Center. Stick around. We'll be right back. Make your, make your. Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zikazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Videos moderated by real people who review content before it's posted to the feed. I love the dance challenges. <laughs> I love that it's kids safe, COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids. <laughs> Download the Zigazoo app today. Saturdays are for sunshine, especially for your ears. With another election, ongoing wars, and natural disasters, we know the news can be a lot to take in. And we're determined to share the bright side of humanity. 
Every Saturday, take a breather from the headlines and hear all the uplifting happenings across the world with Five Good Things, a new weekend edition of CNN Five Things. That means you can find this goodness in the same feed as Five Things. Listen to Five Good Things on the iHeartRadio app.